Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, Trump, TV, film, UFC. And it's all going to be on the show today. We have two very special guests. Before we get to our first guest, I want to say hello to my partner and my producer, and my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, looking a little green on the screen. Uh, that's just you, Buff. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little green on the screen. Yeah, Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, TJ, have a good week. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. You know, I get, we, we always do this. You say hi to me when we have a superstar on the line, and it's like, man, I'm great, feel- Bruce. Get to Violent Bob Ross. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let me give you the introduction. So, and now our very first guest on the show. We do have two today, but the first one, a fighter I admire, a fighter I like watching fight. I very much enjoy watching this man do his work when he's inside the octagon. It's Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, on your goal and your trek to championship belt around your waist. How you how you liking everything, Luis? You like it, the progression? Are you happy with everything? And I know you got a big fight coming up on Saturday, so obviously I'm giving you a couple of loaded questions on your first question. Oh, no, you're good. You're good, Bruce. I, I love everything. I love the process. You know, this is uh, – I don't think you can truly get to where I've gotten in the in the sport if you don't love the process and you love what you do. But, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying everything, you know, especially um, these first couple of years I've been in the UFC have been real uh, – some real learning lessons for me, been real formative for me. You know, I've been, I've been able to take these lessons I've learned here in these first few years, and I feel like they're going to allow me to have a really long and prosperous career going forward. Yeah, I, I believe you do, because it, the way you fight, you get in there, you you go in for the kill, you go in for everything you need to do, but you're really good at defense, too. You know, you don't get hit often. Um, I like the way you handle yourself on that. To me, you know, in fighting, I think defense is probably one of the, if not the most important thing, because we don't want to get hit. At the same time, you want to inflict damage. But every fight for you seems to be a progression. I notice an improvement. You know, when I say improvement, not that you need to improve, but you know what I'm saying? I can see that you're, the evolutionary process of your career as a fighter is there's an improved fighter every time you walk in the octagon, right? Now, your, your opponent on Saturday is Drakkar Close. And um, how, many, how, often, how long do you train for a fight? Are you a six, eight week, four week? What is your training camp like? Um, you know, a training camp for me can be anywhere from eight to four weeks, you know, depending on uh, when they call me. 
but I've been training, you know, for the past eight months, really, like really in the gym, just grinding it out for the past eight months. Right. Uh, you can ask all the guys in there at ATT. Like I've been, I've been there. I was Dustin's main sparring partner for Connor. I, I was actually helping uh, Peter get ready for Aljamain. So I've, I've been in there and I've been, I've been, um, you know, in the thick of it, even though this is, I took this fight on like 10 days notice, you know. Good for you. I love that because to me, fighters have to be in shape and ready to go 365 days a year. Just the fact that you took it on 10 days notice tells me something I already felt myself and knew you're a fighter of that quality. That's, that's a quality fighter. You're in this to win this. And you know, it's like, you got to risk it for the biscuit as they say. So you got to do what you got to do. You know, it's very interesting that you were the training partner for Poirier for Conor McGregor. So considering Conor's length and everything is it because Poirier wanted somebody that had that reach, that leg, that leg length that he could deal and practice this distance, which he did so well in that fight with. Yeah, without a doubt, actually. Um, I, I've, me and Dustin train a lot. I was his main spar partner for Dan Hooker as well. Um, we train and spar a lot together. But the fact uh, also, not only, you know, do I, I present a lot of similar uh, physical attributes that Connor does, right. as well as being a southpaw, um, the fact that I had already been there to help Habib trained for Connor in Habib's matchup with Connor uh, was a big, big factor for them wanting to bring me back out because I'd actually flown back home to Arkansas for Thanksgiving um, to celebrate Thanksgiving with my family. And then Mike Brown hit me up and they flew me back uh, out to Florida for a few weeks to help uh, with Dustin's camp. Wow. Listen to this, TJ. Think I, you know, this is an aspect of a fighter that is not about the fight. Just like, you know, people don't get hurt so much in the fight as they get hurt in training. But I mean, look at this pedigree, you know, sparring partner for a fight against a beast fight against Connor Poirier's fight against Connor. Maybe you're the, maybe you're the guy to have in the camp when it comes time to fight Connor. Yeah. I, uh, I, when, when Dustin with the day after Dustin got the win, I tweeted out a picture of, of, the, a picture from me and Habib's camp and a picture from me and Dustin's camp. And I was just, I just threw my hands up like, Hey, I got to I'm, I'm technically two and oh as a sparring partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep training. Cause you never know when maybe you're going to face Connor and look at all the experience exactly. you have already. I think it's great. <laughs> you know, it's one thing you know, I was thinking of Luis is you, you mentioned, you know, moving around a lot and, you know, I, I would say about 10 years ago, uh, if you trained at multiple camps, you were almost looked upon as someone who was not loyal and, and, and people kind of like shied away from those types of fighters. But now I think it's changed a lot. And I think the more looks you get, the better you are. Do you feel that? Do you feel you're a better fighter for getting around? Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, um, I didn't leave AKA for any like any reasons when it came to training or anything like that. It was really just a financial burden on me to stay in California and American top team offered me an opportunity that was really, uh, I just couldn't turn down as far as like being able to room and board with me and a room and board me and stuff. But I've also had the chance throughout my entire career to kind of go through, to see a bunch of different camps and everything. And I really do believe it's helped me, um, mold myself into the fighter and athlete that I am today, you know, especially being at ATT now, because it's one of those gyms that quite literally just everybody's coming through. Yeah. To, you know? Now, especially when we got Peter in Peter Yon, that was a great, great addition to the team. And then like back when I was at AKA, we got, uh, I don't know if you guys follow kickboxing at all, but the current uh, glory welterweight champ, Cedric Dumbe came in and I, I like the, the few, I think he was out, he was there for, 
for three weeks or so. And the, just the work I was able to get in with a guy like that, I, I mean, I feel like it, as though it raised my, like, leveled, allowed me to raise my striking up completely, you know. So just being able to move around, see, get different looks, as well as testing yourself against guys that are considered the best in the world, it helps with um, a lot of different things, you know, as far as confidence and just – uh, helping you, you know, develop your own style. Sure. You know, I got to say something, you know, American top team, I mean, AKA great training camp, great job with their fighters, American top team. I'm close to in many ways. The fact that the owner, Dan Lambert has been a, a good friend of mine for many, many years. First met him when I did the, uh, ADC submission wrestling championships in Abu Dhabi back in 2000, wait, 1998 when we started that 97, 98, that's how long I've known him. But the one thing I love about Dan is the way he treats his fighters, the way he brings you in. It's a pro fact factory. It's a pro factory, but at the same time, it's more financially rewarding to the yeah. fighters. And I'm not going to give stats, but I know that the cut they take and how they treat you is so much less on the cut they take, but so much more in many respects in the way they treat you and they treat you like a family. Would that, would that be a good way to say it when you're part of ATT as I think a lot of training camps, but I know American top team, it's a well-run machine. And Dan Lambert is not in this thing to make money as, as much as he in, as he's in it to help you and manage you and protect you in your future and your career. Do you get that feeling too? Now that you change camp? 100%. And uh, don't get me wrong. You know, we had a very similar feeling at AKA and I, I treat, I, AK is great. Not putting them down as well, but at ATT, man, Dan Lambert is the man. There's, there's no, there's no getting around that. Yeah. You know the way he treats us, the the things that he he does behind the scenes that we never hear about for us. And just like you said, the small amount of money yeah. that they take from us is it, it's help. It helps tremendously. The main thing, um, too, with that, I, I would just there's also there's always small things that Dan does just to boost the morale uh, around, like you know whether it's buying everybody on the team full ATT pro team luggage kits, you know, giving us uh, just, you know, different ATT gear. So we all feel like we're a part of the gym and we're part of the, uh, the family, the team, as well as, you know, for Dan being the, the guy he is, he's the one dude that like, he's always, whenever you see him, he's always, what's up Luis or what's, you know, he, he's not that guy that's too big to talk to in the gym. Like there, you, I've been to some gyms where it's like the owner just doesn't talk to people. You know what I mean? Or they felt like they were too, too big to be like associated with, or they didn't want to want to be bothered or anything. Where like Dan, you can tell Dan cares. And just like you said, he's not in it for anything of the, of, on the financial side. He just seems to me, he seems like a giant fan of, of MMA, pro wrestling, just, just all of this. And he just wants to be able to help us out. Absolutely. Huge fan, practitioner of jujitsu himself. I don't know how much he's doing it these days, but he always been into it. Uh, wrestling. I know he loves pro wrestling. I, I know what he's tried to do, you know, in pro wrestling, of course, we've all seen it. And, um, you know, it's a whole nother world. It's just it's sports entertainment versus what you do, which is sports reality. I don't knock any fighter that ever wants to go into wrestling, take the buck, grab the money, do whatever, you know, after your career, during your career, that's your prerogative. But um, you're a fighter. And you fight for real. And all I know is that when you get in that octagon, you definitely do fight for real. Drakkar Close, uh, the training you're doing for him for Saturday, is this a different opponent for you? I mean, last time you went in, you know, with Kama Worthy, um, you got hit with a, a guillotine choke. 
you, you beat Steve Garcia, you know, Matt Frivola uh, was in the picture. I know you lost a decision on that one, but you've had an, an experienced and interesting array of fighters and styles to go against. Does Dracar Close pose any kind of a new challenge to you that you train for? Uh, not necessarily. I, I don't believe so. I, I feel as though, um, honest, like, not, not to take anything away from Dracar, he's a great fighter in his own right but i think this matchup plays very well into my style and that's that was also a main one of the main reasons i decided that was very easy for me to take this fight on 10 days right. notice is i feel as though the things that he's good at and the things that he tries to do play very well into the game plan that i'm going to be trying to implement with him very cool you know i noticed also too you were born in naples italy yes, i'm sir. italian i'm of italian italian heritage do you speak italian I wish. Uh, that was actually my first language. Uh, really? Italian and Spanish were my first languages, but unfortunately, moving to America and getting adopted, uh, I just lost it with throughout uh, with without the uh, practice. I just lost the, the use. Right. Well, you're a better man than me because I never learned it either. As much as I <laughs> love the language, I should have. I mean, I can talk enough to maybe get around. And you know what this is? No, that's a dead one of these. You know. <laughs> 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 that's a good one bruce that's funny that's funny hey i have my moments yeah uh, hey i mean the 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 nickname is one of the best in the sport Luis. but the question is can you paint i can paint with blood there you go Ooh, there, you, there go. you go that perfect how many times have you used that one that one was good that's probably like I forgot when I started coming when I came up with that one, but that's my go-to answer now when people ask me if I can paint because every interview, can right? You paint? Well, who was the first person to call you violent, Bob Ross? Do you remember? So, uh, the first like the first person to ever call me Bob Ross was one of my old teammate, one of my old teammates, Dan O'Connor from uh, back in St. Louis. But like the violent Bob Ross nickname, I I kind of like came up with that myself, but it was. Based on, um, I was getting ready for this fight, and Flow Combat was like promoting the fight or whatever, mm -hmm. and so they they tweeted out a picture of me to kind of, to promote the fight or whatever because I was the main event, and uh, some one of the fans um, commented was like, "When did Bob Ross's son start fighting?" And then whoever was running their account was like, "No, nah, that's not that's not Bob Ross. That's angry Bob Ross." And I was like, "Man." There's got to be something to like, I, and I kind of, I mold that around in my mind. Right. And uh, I, was, I was like, I started to kind of like realize that the Bob Ross thing was probably where I, I should go if I wanted to get like, just break out. And so I, I was trying to think of like, what, what's the way to do it? And I forgot where I saw, where I wanted to go. Um, violent Bob Ross. I think it was like when people like, it was my idea was kind of like, you know how they, they, they have, you have like TRT, VTOR, C-Level Sure, King, right, yeah. Violent Bob Ross. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You are the reason that I know who Bob Ross is. I knew of Bob Ross. I, you know, can see his face, but I never knew what his name was until uh, you kind of made a name for yourself in the UFC. I was like, who's a Bob Ross? What? And they're like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. What's really funny to me is like, because I train at ATT, is all the Brazilians and Russians, they just don't understand the Bob Ross part. Right. So they're just like, violent. I'm like, yeah, violent. <laughs> yeah, violent. Violent's right. Speaking of violence, and uh, not that it's related to what I'm about to talk about, but, you know, I enjoy your interviews. 
I enjoy uh, uh, your cerebral qualities aside from your fighting qualities when you're being interviewed. I think that's a mark of a fighter. You need to have the full circle to be a complete fighter and marketable fighter, which you are a marketable fighter. You've got a marketable look. You've got a marketable personality. And the more fights you win, the more marketing you're going to get. So I'm a marketer. As you know, you probably heard about my bourbon, my new bourbon puncher's oh, yeah. chance. And it's right? funny, I'm a, I'm a whiskey man myself. Well, that's why I'm talking to you. What I want you to do is get me an address, right? You can text me your address. I'm going to have a bottle of Puncher's Chance sent to you. Oh, right? thank you so much, Bruce. And if you like it, all I ask is you make a little post on your uh, Instagram and, and Twitter for me. But if you're a whiskey drinker, you're going to love this. Of course, oh. I'm pushing you. But hey, Bruce, all you got to do, just sign it for me. Sign the bottle for me. That I'm, I may not be able to do that because I'm going to have it sent from another location because I don't have it, but if I can, if I can have one here, get me the address and I'll do what I can do for you. Okay. Most definitely. Most definitely. Absolutely. Get that to me and I'll do what I can do that. I, and I'm a man of my word. So I I'll appreciate that. that Bruce for real. Yeah. You've got my number now. So when you receive it, try it. If you like it, do something. If you don't be honest with me, but I will tell you that the tasting board that, t that rates all the liquors that are distributed in, in the United States, we got a 9.5 out of 10 rating. Ooh. puncher's chance it's considered the highest rate of I, yes. I actually can't wait i'm a big no nah, i'm a big whiskey man like when i when i go out it or like if i'm gonna drink at home i prefer like a, a beer or a whiskey but if i go out sometimes it depends i i also do i'm, I'm i like tequila and everything but when it yeah. comes to like just enjoying a drink by myself just relaxing i'm a huge whiskey man i actually um my uh my girlfriend just got me uh the um the molds for the ice spheres oh, oh nice. yeah those are great i mean the things you put in the, it's like you won't have any water you don't dilute it you just put in those exactly. ice spheres exactly yeah, they're great they they really preserve the taste of the whiskey but okay i'm gonna get this to you but not till after you're done fighting on saturday night in the octagon because you ain't no, drinking this know. before that brother i'm telling you no, that not at all not at all not, I want I'm you not a big drinker i'm not like a huge drinker really i'm just more of like a recreational That's social fine. or i'm not gonna lie dude i like especially when i'm not in camp that it, i enjoy like a nice glass of whiskey or glass of wine or a beer with my dinner but that's about it i'm not like i don't get like go out and get drunk or anything like it's that. the italian in you you know you gotta have that you gotta have that wine exactly exactly it's nothing but especially that uh after that post uh weigh-in meal I, I like a nice uh steak and pasta a nice glass of red wine there you nice. go nice Perfect. Listen, you're Italiano. I was weaned on vino. Okay. It's the way it was. My dad had me drinking uh, wine and tasting little bits in a glass when I was eight to Same teach here. me how to appreciate it. Civilized, right? So we didn't wind up behind the bar when they went out to a movie and we're down to get ourselves. He taught me how to appreciate it. And I'm not a big drinker. I do enjoy it, but I drink because of the quality of what I'm drinking. Right? Exactly. I never drank to get drunk. I just drank because I enjoyed it. And if I got a little good feeling, all the better. I'm I'm not into being sloppy. <laughs> Man, I, I'm I'm jealous of you two. You're both like real Italian. I've got an Italian last name, but I'm about as Italian as the Olive Garden. That's hey, exactly well put. You. I feel you. Every time I go into a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, they ID me and they ask me, and I just look at them like tacos El Pastor. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. My name is Luis Antonio Pena. I don't speak a lick, a lick of Spanish. That's all right. Fake it till you make it. It's all exactly. good. <laughs> that was really bad though, too, is I'll be reading the menu and I got I, I I can put on the accent 
100 percent and then they start talking to me they start speaking spanish to me and i'm like no no that was that was just a front right <laughs> hey listen it's been a real pleasure having you on Luis, and i'll see you uh i'll be well actually you're fighting saturday and i have to apologize to you i'm not announcing saturday it's so, all good bruce it's yeah. all good but hey but we'll, we'll be back together soon absolutely but i'll be watching you i definitely will be yeah, watching the show you, for sure you. I appreciate you too, Luis. Thank you for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best Saturday night. Um, may the best man win. Go in there and do your best. And uh, I'll be there in spirit for you, brother. My Thank spirit's you. always in the octagon, I promise. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Luis. Thank Thanks, Luis. You take care, buddy. And, and get me that address. No, definitely. I will. As soon as I'm off, I'll get it to you. You got it, brother. Take care, man. It's time to begin! <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'll let him do it. It's time! Now, back to the voice of MMA, Bruce Buffer. And we are back. It was great having Luis on the show. Very interesting fighter. We're going to continue with another fighter that has been in the octagon twice that I've announced her in the UFC. Uh, she is an Invicta fighter. She color commentator for Icon Sports. She's also co-host with my producer and partner, TJ, on Extra Rounds, along with Ray Longo and Dean Thomas. And quite the brander and marketer herself. We're oh, find out about let, let me just say, Bruce, Pearl will probably say she's the host of Extra Rounds, and I'm her co-host. I mean, she's kind of taking this thing over. Hey, listen, that's the attitude it takes to get ahead in life. Like I always say, everybody thinks in dreams, but only 2% of the people put it into action. So, Pearl, let's get the 2% on the show, and let's start with you. How are you today? I am amazing, first and foremost. It is an honor to be on this show with you. So thank you so much for having me on, Bruce. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sincerely, my pleasure. TJ talks very highly about you. I talk highly about you from what I've the time I've spent with you. But, you know, it's very interesting watching your career. I mean, as far as uh, here's a, here's an example. And I talk about this to fighters all the time. You have to think beyond your guns. When you put your guns away, what are you going to do after your fighting career? And has this been a plan of yours, like on your schedule from day one to make this happen and the commentating and, and the other things you're doing? Because you're, you're involved now in two shows aside from fighting. Last part of the question is, and pardon me for asking this, I'm not aware of what's coming up, but are you still going to fight? Um, all right. Uh, yes, I am. I still want to fight. I, I don't know how much longer I'm getting older and I'd like to move on. I'd like to move into another area. I don't want to leave the sport. I've dedicated more than half of my life to the sport. Loki, I've dedicated more than half of my life to the sport. And um, <laughs> thank you. And, you know, I love it. I love this sport. This is truly my passion, my heart. Right. And as far as um, commentating and podcasting, know that this this wasn't a part of it. What has always been a part of my goal from day one is, is to be on TV, is to be in movies or, or commercials, whatever it was. I knew that I wanted to be in TV and be in front of a camera. Um, it's funny because when I first went back to fighting at 21 and, and I decided to pursue and become a professional MMA fighter, my aunt, who's been with me at every single fight, her and I were talking and she's like, yeah, you'll just, you'll fight. And then you're going to become a champion and then you'll go to WWE and you're going to be like the big clam. And she was, she's so dramatic. And she had like this whole little storyline of what would happen after I was done fighting. And yeah, so it's always kind of been, you know, use my passion to get me to another platform, which is behind the camera. 
That's interesting you say that. Now, when you were younger, did you study acting? Was your goal to be an actress? You know, did you did you pound the the boards at all? Get any plays or do any uh, any work on that? Yes, my my aunt, who has been a model for the last twenty five years, uh, started grooming me for modeling and acting at a very young age. I think I had my first photo shoot at like five years old. She had she put me in an acting class in L.A. at when I was like ten years old. Um, I've done a couple acting classes uh, as an adult, um, but I haven't I haven't pursued that much yet. I've been so focused on being an athlete. Listen. All like Dana said, all fighters want to be actors. All actors want to be fighters, but there's definitely a chance for you still into that career. You have the looks, you've got the personality and you've got the will, the want and the passion for it. Those are key ingredients, especially the passion and the will. That's the first key ingredient you have to have. So I'm never one to step on anybody's goals and dreams. I say, just go for it. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I want you to read about the other MMA fighter who went into film, had a very good career, but I think she just blew it. And her name is Gina Carano. If you heard about what she's, she's mm-hmm. there's a point to open your mouth about things. There's a point not to when you're in the public thing. So it's always good to learn and, and whatever. I hope Gina comes out of this. Okay. But it wasn't a smart move on her part. She's paying the price right now. You know, I Loki, I'm going to kick my dog. In the second oh, no, kick your dog. Kind of noise. Let's, let's <laughs> but, see that face. I want to see that dog's face. Oh, I, I got to glimpse. Him. He's the cutest little thing ever. Oh, come on. Look at that guy. That's a face to love. Jeez. He's, oh, he's wow. like a pig trapped in a dog's body. Um, so but yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I believe, you know, to, I, to keep my opinions about things and, and my personal life, I try to keep that outside of the public. I don't think it's important, you know, for, for those things to be out. Um, I do. I hope Gina, Gina, I love Gina. I've been watching her since I was young. Oh, I've looked yeah, up too. to her, you know, me she's too. just an, a phenomenal, she was a phenomenal MMA fighter. She was the first to like be, be this beautiful woman and fight. Right. She was the first to do that. And then come on. And she was so badass. It was, it was so cool to watch her. So I, I hope she does. I hope she comes out of this on the other side. I hope so too, because I, I like Gina. She's she's I always enjoyed announcing her the whole bit. Let's face it, Gina was the first one to put to really kind of bring MMA for women to the map. And of course Rhonda closed the deal for everybody, right? And right. cyborg and all that. So good 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 stuff. Now <clears throat> with the um the ongoing commentating career, you know, hosting this and hosting that, do you have an agent? Are you working in, are you with an agent now in Hollywood? Are you are you trying to to make your move? Or are you waiting for the phone to ring or are you dialing the numbers yourself? I don't have an agent yet. That is something that I'm looking at. Um, I've actually, I'm in the process of working with uh, Malki Kawa, uh, first round of management, which is, is for the, yes, he's a, he's an amazing man. So um, that is the start right now. And that's kind of where I'm at currently. However, yeah, I, I mean, a talent agent's huge, right? I, I know I need that and, and need to work with someone or find someone. Yeah. But I'll give you a little bit of advice. You probably know yourself. It's one thing to have an agent but it's nothing to have an agent actually do work for you. Okay. They can yes. have you on the roster, but they got to do work for you. It's like if you ever watched entourage, the TV show and mm-hmm. they had the meeting where they bring them in for the agency and there's 13 agents and they got the video, what they're going to do. I've been in those meetings and I've signed with one of the top agencies like that, but they didn't do anything. They offered. You got to stay on top of agents and hopefully get one that's passionate about you and what you can deliver on what they can do for you. So agent carefully, anybody will sign up to take 10 to 20% of what you make, you know, anybody will, but will they work for it? That's the key. I I tell them you want 10, 20%, you deliver a deal, you get it because you're not getting any part of any other deal I have on the table. I'm sorry. You work for your money. Just like I work for mine. I love that. 
I'd get a talent agent, but I need to find some talent first. Well, you've got talent, TJ. I mean, you, you, you're on uh, extra rounds. You know, of course, Ray Longo. Yeah, I'm indeed. on the Pearl Gonzalez show. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to Pearl mince Gonzalez. words, right? What is it like working with Pearl? Um, well, it's fun sometimes. Uh, it's also, Sometimes. I mean, Wait, you better elaborate on that one. TJ. Let, let yeah. me just say that last Saturday night between Ray Longo and Pearl Gonzalez, when they were talking about Valentine's day and gift ideas, I thought we were going to get kicked off the internet. I thought Facebook was going to just cancel us because Pearl was getting risque. She was drinking a little bit. She's coming up with taste uh, recipes for for Puncher's Chance and things like that. So (laughs) there are times with Pearl I get a little concerned about our longevity in the space because we we push those those envelopes. I am a habitual line stepper. Yes, I am. It's true. I, sounds to me like one of our old uh, SNR shows you had with Pearl Saturday night. Uh, she would fit in quite well with Sammy. Uh, I mean, that, that's one thing that I will say about you, Pearl. Like, you have really sort of extended yourself in areas that we haven't seen prior to, I think, the last six months, really. And, and you are letting people kind of know more about Pearl Gonzalez, the, the person, rather than uh, just the, the athlete. Do you like doing that? Do you like being someone that is, is talking about, you know, pop culture things and, and other areas besides just fighting? I do. I love it. I think that I love fashion. I love men's fashion. I love sports. I love alcohol. I mean, there's so much more to my life than just being an athlete. It's been my sole focus these last few years, but yeah, I've got a great personality. I love to talk and have a great time, have a couple of drinks, you know? And so like, it's my perfect, it's perfect opportunity. Saturday night, just watch some amazing fights, have a couple of drinks and you know, shoot shit with you. She has no issues telling me that I'm wrong and dumb, <laughs> even when I'm right and correct, but, you know, and smart. But All know. right, Pearl? Yes? Have you heard of my new bourbon puncher's chance? I have heard of it, and I cannot wait to try it because okay. bourbon is actually – I'm a whiskey girl, and bourbon is my favorite kind of whiskey. Looks like I'm shipping out another bottle, TJ. Would you send me an address so I can get Pearl a bottle? I, I will. Shirt? I will. The problem with Pearl, though, is I swear she just smells the booze and she gets buzzed. <laughs> I. What can I say? That's uh, Many men would say that's my kind of girl. So That's <laughs> right. It's all good. Pearl, I'm going to send you a bottle of Puncher's Chance. We got a 9.5 uh, rating out of 10 from the taste board that rates all the – it's a big hit. It's a big hit. It's, it's amazing. Delicious. I'm very proud of it. Worked really long time on this and it's, it's selling like hotcakes. So let me get your bottle and all I ask if you enjoy it, make a little post for me or send me something, you know. Oh, we'll be- feature it on, on extra rounds, yes. Bruce. Pearl come oh, wow. up with some sort of uh, recipe and pair it with like a burger or something. You should see what she does on Fight Night. It's crazy. Great. I love me- like, I make recipes like, you know, actually I've been waiting for a good bourbon to make like um, pecans, roasted pecans with bourbon and and a little bit of sugar. And so I'm I'm really excited about this because I'd love to make a little recipe with it as well. All right. You got it. And and I would love to hear about the recipe. And we have a nice little hinge of caramel and vanilla and and it's it's really good Mm. and it mixes really well. Trust me. I I tell it like it is. I don't BS people, but uh, it's up to you. You tell me what you think. What do you like mixing it with? I'm a straight drinker. I just like it having straight. Uh, although I will say that I had a, a friend over. We were celebrating um, a belated uh, uh, my 25th anniversary, you know, from Saturday in the U- in the Octagon and stuff. And we mixed it with champagne, which I call a, a French 75. Ooh. And it tasted, yeah, I had a little Perrier Joe and, and Puncher's Chance, and it mixed beautifully. It was wonderful. 
Wow, that sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like the way Carl says that. It sounds delicious. That's good. I like it. <laughs> Give me a video with that. Hold it the bottle. It'll be it'll go viral. I love it. Yeah. No question. All right, Pearl, listen, we're going to let you go. Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything you want to tell our audience about yourself? Uh, you know, come check us out on Extra Rounds. We have a really fun show here. TJ's constantly, you know, embarrassed. worried about me getting embarrassed. him fired. Right, yeah. You're not embarrassed. You're not embarrassed. But we have so much fun on this show. We talk about the fights that happen. We talk about the upcoming fights. I get, I get tipsy on there. We shoot shit with each other. It's a great time. So come check us out on UFC Fight Pass's Facebook page, Extra Rounds. What do you mean? You get, what do you mean you get tipsy on there? You're tipsy before we even go on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's fun my time. Saturday. That's my Saturday night. That's my night to have a couple of drinks and get tipsy. Listen, a fighter who can kick your butt, make you laugh, get tipsy with you, have fun, smile, and enjoy. You got it all. You're doing fine, Pearl. All Thank good. you. Also, uh, Pearl will be back in the booth with me coming up on what is the date of? Is it March fifth? March fifth. March fifth for yeah. Icon Fighting Federation, which uh, you can also watch live on UFC Fight Pass. Very cool, Pearl. I wish you all the best. Sincerely. Thank you. Keep pursuing the career. Make the most of it. If your dream is to be on that big screen, the little screen, any screen, you'll get there. You'll get. Thank there. you. Thank you. You know very why much you're gonna get there? You know why you're gonna get there? Because you've got a puncher's chance okay oh i love that <laughs> that's it baby oh i felt that i like it oh really good <laughs> all right pearl you take care i'll see you soon and, and really all the best keep punching keep moving forward harder than ever i'll get you a bottle of puncher's chance to enjoy yourself and celebrate life with thank you very much and congratulations on your 25 years bruce you're an amazing amazing person in our sport so so grateful to have you in it thank you Thank you so much, Pearl. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. Oh, I got a little tear. Was, that, was, uh, that was good. Thank you, Pearl. Bye, Pearl. You're welcome. All right, take care. Bye, TJ. See you. <laughs> well, there she is, Pearl Gonzalez. Quite the character. Oh, she's fun. She's yeah. She's tons of fun. Uh, I've traveled a lot with her. Uh, I've called the uh, you know a bunch of her fights in Invicta, but uh, you know she's been inactive from fighting as of late. And, uh, you know, watching her sort of spread her wings as a commentator has been, you know, uh, a very fun experience for me to help her along the way. And we've had adventures. We've gone to Cancun a few times, uh, San Carlos, Mexico as well. And then uh, obviously doing stuff for Icon. It's uh, it's a blast, man. Like a lot of people don't realize, Bruce, that obviously we're here to watch fights and, you know, fighting is the name of the game. But the, the adventures that come along with, you know, doing our oh. jobs, that that's where the real fun of the, the job is, in my opinion. There's no question. That's why one of the reasons I wrote my book, It's Time, I had to remember what I'd forgotten. You know, right. I mean, I've announced thousands of events and thousands of fights or hundreds. Of, yeah, I'm probably close to a thousand events, which translates into what? Thousands of fights. Right. But, but You've also done things that aren't even fight related, like World oh. Series of Beer Pong, you know? Beer Pong. Super Bowl commercials, arm you know, wrestling, arm wrestling, uh, esports. I've also done, you know, I've done NFL, NHL, MLB, hockey, all of them. The announcement uh, WNBA, of births. Which one? A births <laughs> championship. Introduction. We got to go to BruceBuffer.com or Cameo for right. that. But you broken up with girls for people, unfortunately. Not on purpose. That was a mistake. We all know about that. Kayla. But, you know, I know Kayla's out there. She's got to come on the show. She's got to reach it, out. I think it's Kaylee, but uh, Kay, what, yes. Okay. 
Kaylee. I'll say it again. Kaylee, reach Kaylee, out. Come on the show. Yeah. It's time for Bruce Buffer to uh, send uh, you a bottle of Puncher's There chance. you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. No, that was, that was fun. It was fun. Two very interesting people. And uh, my kind of, I like that. I like, right. see, I like fighters with personality. Not that they don't have personality, but enjoy it. Brand yourself, you and, know, and that's what we were talking to with both these people. And that's what I like about this show and this podcast in particular, Bruce, because a lot of people will go, oh, I didn't even know that Bruce had an MMA podcast. And it's like, well, it's not an MMA podcast, really. I mean, yes, it's sure. a lot of characters from mixed martial arts, but yeah, this is not a combat sports podcast. No, this is a lifestyles podcast. And it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Bisbing on last week was one of our highest viewed shows on the YouTube channel, which we're building. You know, we only started that a few months ago and um, it really took it a lot. But a lot of people writing and say, I didn't know that Bruce had a YouTube channel. I didn't know you had this great show. Going to subscribe, have subscribed. It really it, it I was really pleased to read a lot of these YouTube messages coming in, which is really cool. So, Episode 500 before the year's over, Buff. Can you believe it? Yeah, I do, but it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that I makes it sound like it was not fun, but all right. No, it's I'll all take it. fun. It, it's been 12, 13 years or whatever it's been a fun. But I don't even know how long it's been anyway. I think 13. I'll be 13 this May. Wow, it's amazing. Crazy, one right? Little note, crazy. One little note for those of you listening and not watching the show, go to the YouTube channel, uh, my YouTube channel, subscribe to the show. Visual is a lot more fun, I think. Yeah, you can see my embarrassed face all the time. Yeah, there you go. Hey, listen, a little in the news. I still don't understand why people can let this happen, but Kevin Hart, who's a very cool cat and uh, very super successful, you know, banking over $100 million a year at times in his career, uh, he had a personal shopper, was busted. His personal shopper, aside from buying stuff for him, spent a million dollars on themselves. How does this happen? How uh, does it? How, how does do you it, not I mean, notice? It uses his credit card to launder cash into his own account. He burned through the cash to buy stuff, authorized purchases for Kevin, uh, siphoning off hundreds of thousands from his credit cards and depositing the dough into his bank account. How does unbelievable it was 1.2 million over two years? Who the hell is doing Kevin Hart's books? Seriously, Who, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't I, get it. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, how much money he's making, $100 million. I, I get that. But that's still 1% of his incoming wealth that has just gone. That's a lot of money to not that's notice. A lot of money. Yeah, I don't see how you can notice that unless you just have too much money. But I I just don't care. I could help with that. Well, I guess maybe I, his personal shopper was. I'm sure you can. So, TJ, we touch on collectible cards all the time. And we're going to be doing this more weekly because the whole industry is boomed. In the last year... Cards I have, like, for instance, I'll show you. This 1987, this is an unopened wax pack. Okay, I see, see it. That? Yep. Okay. This is graded. Uh, well, this one's a seven, but I have a nine graded. Okay. I just got this in. I bought this pack for $250 in a nine back in September. Okay. okay. This pack now you can't get. For anywhere under, I would say twelve fifty to fifteen hundred. Just right. Wow. Just the pack. Just the pack. Okay? Since Jordan's, we mentioned on the show, it's just the last dance about Michael Jordan came out. It has just boosted the whole collector industry in basketball and overall everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, Mickey Mantle's card selling for five point two million. Um, I just bought a box. Now I'm doing this for a reason. We're going to follow this. Right. I just bought a box of these, mm -hmm. which is 36 of these packs in the box, which the box is unopened and wrapped. You could have bought that box in September, let's say for $20,000. Okay. okay. I know it sounds crazy, 
but I just paid $65,000 for the box. It's not in. I would show it to you. It hasn't been delivered yet. Okay, so you dropped sixty-five on it. I dropped sixty-five thousand on a box of eighty-seven Fleer basketball, which contains the second-year rookie card of Michael Jordan. Okay, no guarantees many, many that you have one in there, though. Each box usually there's four of each cards in the box. Oh, okay, there's, prob- there, there's definitely probably four Jordan second years. But in it's the box. unopened, and that's the allure to it, sealed, correct? That's sealed because one of those, if you rate one of those single Michael Jordan second year cards, well, let's put it this way: his first year card, the year before, sold in pristine condition for seven hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. Oh my God! His, that's it. The exact same item went for two hundred fifteen thousand just weeks before oh my god it increased that much this box i just bought for sixty-five thousand. yeah is now being displayed on ebay in one place for ninety-two thousand, and in another at one hundred and fifteen thousand. so what's it going to be a year from now i predict this box will double uh, a year from now it'll be at least at a minimum of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. that's unbelievable i know it's amazing so now what's happening is is that um wall street is getting into the sports card business. How do you mean? Right? There's never been a time like this. Wall Street is piling into trading cards as the prices soar. And what I mean by that, there's a couple of companies that are traded publicly on Wall Street. And what they do, and again, a lot of this is since they the last dance, it's really invigorated a lot. So what they're doing is these companies are traded where people will buy shares in the company because they own, let's say, a Michael Jordan rookie card. So you're right. actually owning a piece of it. Not sure. the whole card, but that's because the price have gotten so big that you're owning a piece of it. And now that Wall Street has entered it, it's going to create even more. What what companies the, are these? Like what what like how do I buy stock? Okay, bear with me one sec because I had the company here. I'm so sorry. That's all right. You mentioned the Last Dance. That has been, um, you know, I, I think key to obviously the the Michael Jordan collectibles, but also. The, the pandemic, for the most part, a lot of people have been at home and have been going through boxes and, you know, have been sort of spending time um, doing things that they weren't normally doing prior to COVID. And I think that's really been a boon for this industry, which is largely why I think we're seeing uh, the, the prices of things really rise, because more people are getting into things that I think they just didn't have time uh, to do prior to COVID. I I agree with that. And in times of economic uh times or downfalls like we're dealing with it you know to a certain degree um that it just becomes more more valuable more expensive and i've never seen cards and trading cards reach a point and go down in price like a piece of real estate might that might come back or something else it they stay there i've been right. doing this for 30 plus years yeah they stay there and they just keep going up and you might wonder okay well he's gonna say this is worth a quarter million but who's gonna buy it tj they're buying it i will buy i bought at least six of these before i bought the box and I started stocking up on the 1988 pack. See this pack here? Mm-hmm. This is the third year okay. of Michael Jordan. These are just going up like crazy. When, since I bought these, they've increased 50% in the three weeks since I bought them. And Th- I only that's that unbelievable. I selling, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Can, can it sustain that, Bruce? Or is it going to pop? Well, that's a question, you know, that people wonder if it's a bubble or whatever. Um some people in the business say that it could be a pullback in prices from extremely hot items like the Jordan rookies, but they don't think the valuations are spinning out of control. 
And they, I, uh, I think that's the thing, too. The bubble may pop, quote-unquote, but it's going to continue to go up. It may not go up as significant as it has, but right. 10 years from now, something from 83 is still going to be considerably oh. more valuable than it is today. It's the economic theory of supply and demand. There's only so many of these pieces to buy. And that's it. Even the Honus Wagner baseball card, you know, which sold for about a million and a half or a couple million dollars. There could have been 10 different investors involved with that card. People are looking at these as key lines of investment. Venture capitalists are in it. Now, there's a company that's uh, called Collectible. Yep. Okay. I just found their stock uh, symbol, CLCT. Yeah. CL- so that would be a question would be. How would that be? CLCT, I'm going to check into it. It's, it looks like they haven't made their IPO yet, but right. uh, that's going to be the uh, ticker symbol. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if uh, see if there's some value there in, in that uh, public offering. I think there will be, the way that things are going. Um, this- Hard not to when you're talking about the, the cards appreciating in value, you know, tenfold in a matter of months. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... The firm, the firm, this firm has represented like 40 IPOs since last fall, they're saying. Mm-hmm. What do they say here? A 1986 Jordan car that went public at $10 a share in October is now trading at $60 a share. Okay, so that one is actually on the market then already. Do you know what the, yes. the symbol is? No, it doesn't show the symbol here. What's the name of the company? Collectible. Collectible. How do you spell collectible? C-O-L-L-E-C-T-A-B-L-E. Yeah, it's not on my uh, Robin Hood app here. We'll do it. Let's do a little research and we'll talk more about it next week when we come back. Okay. I, I think should be. But the Jordan card that sold for 700 they expect it to reach a million dollars. I mean, I believe that. Just the question is when? What's the timeline on that? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I would say if that's the case, I'm going to say in a year or less. I mean, that you would know? be unbelievable. I mean, $300,000 appreciation in, in a year. It's amazing. And then you look at my, that's, that's 1986, which I always told you I collected pre-75, but this 80s now is just exploding. I bought a box of rookie cars with the Tom Brady rookie in it from 1990. Uh, that's already increased, and that's going to go up, obviously, for obvious reasons. But then you have modern-day cars we talk about once in a while, like Derek Jeter's rookie card, uh, which is called SP Foil. It's a PSA 10 grade of the highest grade you can get. Mm-hmm. This this car sold for $750,000, TJ. That, I mean, I, that's... I per, I, that doesn't excite me. I wouldn't buy that card. No offense to Derek Jeter. I like the older cards and you know stuff we're talking about right now. All right, so collectible is on the NASDAQ exchange. I don't know why it's not coming up on my, my Robinhood app, but uh, currently uh, collectible is trading at $91.92 a share. Wow. Yeah. And what's the high? Um, that is its highest. Its last 50-day uh, range, its lowest was at uh, 75.35. Okay. And it was initially introduced at $13.26. When? Um, within the last year. Wow. See, there you go. That's an example of the hobby itself. I, I would say it's probably a decent thing to invest in and just hold on to it for three months and see where it goes. I mean, you might as well. You know, that's that's one thing that I did. I started investing a little bit just uh, in the Robinhood app since that whole GameStop thing went crazy. And uh, it's been about a month. I'm, I'm up $75. 
$75 is $75, my right, man. Right. I mean, it's nothing to write home about, but it's also just kind of fun to, you know, look. It's, it's, I'm not a poker guy. You know, I'm not a, a, a gambler uh, at all, but it's, it's nice to kind of have something where I can just throw a little bit of money at something. And, you know, one day we're up, one day we're down, but it, it's fun to sort of uh, take a look at it. It's a fun, it's a fun hobby, a little diversification. It's a daily routine and, and you will get fun out of it. So very, very cool. Very cool. All right, TJ, anything to talk about before we sign off? No, that's it. Uh, check myself out and uh, Pearl Gonzalez uh, on Extra Rounds. Uh, it's uh, on UFC Fight Pass's Facebook page. You can check out the archive, though, uh, as always on Facebook or on uh, Fight Pass proper. So uh, make sure you download the app uh, or check us out online, UFC.tv. Very cool. And uh, for me... I will not be in the Octagon this Saturday. I'll be watching. It's going to be an exciting show. I wish Luis Pena uh, much success on his bout. May the best man win, as I always say. I, I wasn't able to say congrats here. Uh, we did have you on extra rounds on Saturday, but uh, honestly, yeah. Bruce, congrats. 25 years is no joke. Uh, that is an incredibly long time to be at the top of your game like you have. And uh, you, you've left an indelible mark on the sport, not only in, in mixed martial arts, but combat sports as a whole. And uh, you've set the standard. Trust me, I've seen a lot of people try to do uh, a Bruce Buffer impersonation. <laughs> it's it's not ever good. But uh, the, that fact alone that people are trying to emulate you, Bruce, really says uh, a lot about what you've done in this space. Thank you, TJ. I really appreciate that. And you know what? Listen, imitation is the height of flattery, as they say, right? Right. Just just don't say it's time. <laughs> oh, unless they want to pay. Yeah, unless you want to pay. You don't, you don't want to lose that paycheck. Um, all kidding aside, not so kidding aside. Uh, Thank you, everybody. The notes I've received on my social media, the emails, the texts, people I haven't heard from in years, I really appreciate it. It's an honor for me to say I've been in this game for 25 years. But I'll tell you, as I said it on the uh, post-fight interview, I am more passionate about what I do now than ever. I'll be here for another 10-plus years is my goal. Um, as long as that passion stays strong, I'll be there for as long as I can. And when the passion wanes, then I'll probably be making an announcement on the show that it's time for me to retire. I assume I that'll be like uh, one week before you roll out the the hologram thing. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, the will and the party, and then right. I go off into the Moon Age daydream. Yep, of course. Exactly. That's that's about it. That's Henry, about it. Henry and Rupert are going to be set for life. <laughs> yes, they grow up strong. They grow up well. They grow up honest. Role models themselves. Always take care of my boys. You got to, Bruce. I got to. Got to. Got to. They're my boys. No question. All right, TJ. Uh, we'll be back next week. Another exciting guest. It was a good show. I really enjoyed it. And I wish everybody a great week. So with that being said, set your goals, write them down, make sure you're the best you can be. So when you step on that path and you perform, you perform the best you can, whether it's first place, second place, third, top notch salesman, top notch CEO, whatever you do in life, just be the best you can be because then you're winning. And that's what we're all about here on It's Time Radio. So with that being said, we'll be back next week. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the UFC. And I will see you next week. Buffer out. It's Time Cheers. with Bruce Cheers. Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. 